Welcome to this episode of CDM Media's Executive Insights. I'm your host, J.D. Miller, and we have a great podcast for you today. We're joined by Hans Keller. Hans is the CIO at Ericsson Living. He's responsible for IT strategy, planning, delivery services, and infrastructure. Now, Ericsson Living's team supports technology services for 19 communities in 11 states, as well as more than 14,000 dedicated professionals. Today, we're gonna to dive into issues around process and how the CIO role is changing, heading out of the pandemic. When we come back, we'll be joined by Hans. Hans, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, JD, great to be here. Uh, definitely looking forward to our conversation. You know, it, it's interesting. The conversations I'm having with top executives and CIOs and CISOs out there um, has evolved over the last six months, right? Because we learned how to work from home. Now it's how do we get back to work and what does that even look like? Talk to me a little bit from a CIO's perspective on your role within business continuity now and how has that changed since before the pandemic? Sure, and so when we look at Ericsson Living as a whole, we are a 24 by seven, 365 day year operation, right? What we do is we help seniors live better lives. We have seniors who live in our properties and whether we're providing healthcare services for them, dining services for them, um, quality of life services for them, the drumbeat kind of constantly goes on and never changes. So we've always been operating in that 365 day, 24 by seven uh, mentality. As we look at the last year, right, with, with things that happened with COVID, our residents are still our residents, right? And we still have the responsibility for taking care of them. So while the vast majority of the world went remote, 95% of our staff needed to be in the office every single day providing services to our residents. Um, while we did have some staff who could be remote, uh, there wasn't a huge sea change for us um, in how we did things uh, from a remote or in the office piece. So as we made that transition and we had, let's call it 500 employees who moved, worked in a more remote environment, uh, a lot of our let's call it research and development operations before COVID allowed that to be a very seamless transition. So for us, it, it, while it certainly impacted our operations and was a different method for us to work, I think our challenges may have been a little different than say an organization that's in everybody remote. So managing through that was uh, definitely brought up some interesting questions and some interesting challenges, but the resiliency piece um, has always kind of been there. The part that made that more interesting, JD, was, and I always focus on the people side of the three-legged stool, people process technology, um, it's just that underlying fatigue that was created by the pandemic. So to me, and this will sound really strange coming from the head of IT, making sure people understand well-being, making sure our staff understands components of self-care, right? How do we make sure that we take care of ourselves so that we can take care of others? So the resilience part to us was less around the services that we provide and more around making sure that our team could uh, take care of themselves, take care of all their needs so that they were enabled to take care of our residents. 
Yeah, you bring up a great point around fatigue because I uh, recently read a study where um, it was based in the UK, but 50% of tech executives burned out or are, say they're burned out or are planning on leaving their job because of this stress, this really cyber stress that's put on everybody and, and let alone the, the pandemic stress around this. You, you talk about, you know, helping them you know, to, to relieve some of that and, and really get in the right mindset. Talk to me a little bit about what you're encouraging there. Yeah. So first and foremost is have conversations, right? So everybody always creates a story in their head. Um, there's a, there's an uh, equation that I was introduced to years ago. It was uh, MI equals MSU. No information equals make stuff up. Uh, we'll keep it PG. Um, you know, as people became a little bit more isolated, right? And even if we were in the office when you're sitting there with your mask on and your door closed and keeping social distance, how do we encourage people to have the conversations that they had before, right? The water cooler conversations, the conversations in the kitchen, the conversations um, going out to lunch. So one of the pieces that we really focused on, JD, was how do we enable those conversations to happen? How do we get folks together, not for a Zoom meeting or a WebEx meeting or a Teams meeting to talk about a project, but how do we just set up a meeting so people can talk to each other? What's going on? How are your kids? Is your school back in? Is your school back in? Um, so how did we you know, continue to work on creating that environment where folks felt included in the conversation versus just as somebody getting a JIRA list of tasks that they needed to get done in, in that particular sprint. Talk to me a little bit about innovation, right? Because I feel like for a lot of organizations, they might've been going through a digital transformation before the pandemic started. They had to accelerate obviously to work uh, remotely, but talk about the level of innovation you're at now. And um, do you feel it accelerating now that we're heading towards the end of the pandemic? I know your work situation is a little bit different, but um, do, do you have that flexibility to, to innovate within the organization today, or is it still a wait and see type of thing? Now, ours, our innovation actually got turbocharged through COVID. Um, one of the pieces that we uh, really focused on, we've always had great infectious disease protocols, right? In community living, things like the flu or a, a GI outbreak, we need to manage through that. So covid at some level was another infectious disease to manage through. So we kind of uh, turbocharged our innovation in uh, redoing our infectious disease management system. So we moved it all to the cloud. It's all based on uh, graph databases so we can do contact tracing better. Um, it's all kind of the, the most current set of components from AWS. The visualization uh, so we can actually look at whether it's uh, residents or staff members or uh, what we call persons under investigation who may have had close contact with someone, we kind of redeveloped that whole system, uh, constant innovation, both in the capturing of data and the visualization of data. So uh, our, our efforts from innovation never really stopped. Uh, in fact, I would argue they got turbocharged because of narrower focus. Um, that, that's one thing that COVID definitely brought is you don't have priorities all over the place. 
you have a very, very narrow set of things that you need to do. Uh, one of the advantages we had, JD, is we could innovate within those focus areas. Um, so I would argue our, our innovation piece accelerated. Um, it's interesting now coming, coming out of the pandemic and into whatever our new normal is to see how that innovation is now allowed to spread beyond kind of those core focus areas. Uh, so our, our team is very excited about what the future looks like for us uh, and how we can continue to, to innovate within our business lines. You mentioned something that's interesting to me when you're talking about the infectious disease protocol that you guys have had for a while. You know, when you're talking temp temperature checks, storing data, HIPAA issues around all of that, where does that fall for you guys? Because some organizations, that falls under IT and because it's, it's data. And talk to me a little bit about that and, and how you're handling that. And so we are, uh, we, we have a significant medical practice here at our organization. Uh, Erickson Senior Living actually has the largest geriatrics practice in the country. So the kind of confines of HIPAA and, and all of the elements of maintaining PHI, PII, uh, has been part of our DNA for years. So our chief information security officer, um, and it, we follow maybe a little bit uh, more traditional model where the CISO is actually in IT, um, but our CISO has phenomenal relationships with our chief privacy officer, our compliance team. So as we looked at all of the pieces, it, it was just a natural extension of the healthcare systems that we already have. Um, but again, I think uh, the most important role for any CISO is relationships, right? And so one of the things, and our, our CISO excels at that. She is a, a master at, at kind of managing relationships. Um, when you have those really great relationships, um, as the world of information security continues to evolve, now those risk-based issues become conversations, um, and you can kind of talk through what's the approach that we should take, uh, how do we deal with that particular risk than just trying to, you know, slap yet another technology in place to solve the, the threat du jour? Yeah, leadership has had to change throughout the, the this pandemic and it become a lot more uh, hands-on technology. We've, we've learned CIOs and CISOs have a seat at the table where they didn't have it before. As we're heading out of this pandemic, what surprised you the most from a, a tech leadership standpoint um, within your organization and, and, um, and it could be good or bad, but I, I'm curious because a lot of people are finding, you know what, it's, it, it's ours, right? Controlling ours, because if you're working from home, your organization is a little different, but if you're working from home, you, you're, you're putting in 10, 12 hours where it would be a eight, 10 day. Right. And, uh, that, that's one thing that on the bad side, but on the other side, you've had some flexibility, organizations have flexibility. So I'm curious for you, what's really stood out? Yeah, the kind of the key for us, JD, is it really uh, provided an opportunity to look at how we work. So we, we started our agile journey years ago and we put some of those pieces together, but really the, the reflection that we've been able to have coming out of COVID is you know, the what we work on is always going to change. Let's really focus on the how we work. And it's really this interesting intersection between agile processes, design thinking, lean engineering, and we're really uh, shifting into a more kind of visual collaboration style, right? That whole notion of a picture is worth a thousand words. So 
really looking at how we're working, um, how we know to, to lift our head up, kind of when to zoom out versus when to zoom in on the task. But for, for us as, a, as an IT team, it's really evolving how we work um, and being able to pull these, let's call them four different styles together between the, like I said, agile design thinking, lean and visual collaboration. So that is really um, going to lay a solid foundation for kind of this continued accelerated innovation, continued change, as we mentioned on the security side, continued threat evolution. If we really get that how together of the intersection of those four disciplines, no matter what the what is, I think we're going to be able to re respond um, really, really well to it. So that's the key to us coming out of this is the what is always going to be the what. Um, how we work, though, can really evolve coming out of this um, to make it so that we can provide better, faster services to our team, uh, Ericsson Living as a whole, and our residents that we serve. You know, you're going to be talking at our June 29th uh, Northeast Financial Services Summit. And excited to have you there. You're going to tackle um, in a panel discussion people, process, and technology, right? And and it's really that that triad that um, moves tech organizations. Talk to me. Where's your focus today? You, you mentioned it a little bit at the top, but you know, process it seems like is is a, an important thing for your organization and, and having that in place. That the what uh, changing, but how is important. Talk to me, where are you putting the most focus today? Yeah, that our focus is always on people, right? And so we actually, within IT, we, we call it our um, employee transformation, and it focuses on three components. It focuses on curiosity, competency, and community. So we look to hire lifelong learners, right? What, what got you here isn't gonna get you there. So how do we kind of tap into that curiosity? How do we constantly evolve competency? Whether that's technology competency, leadership competency, management competency. And then the, the last piece is the community component, right? How do we create a diverse and inclusive community here within our team where everybody feels like they belong how do we give back also not only to our residents uh, and get involved there, but how do we give back to the bigger community as a whole, um, whether that's focusing on hunger related issues in our community or aging related issues. So it's really focusing on people and those three kind of core elements of our people evolution process. As we're heading out, uh, final question for you, as we're heading out of this pandemic, what area or, or looking back before it started to, to where we are today, what would you have done differently? Hindsight's always 2020, right? Monday morning quarterbacking is always much easier. You know, it, it's a tough question because we had phenomenal outcomes, right? When we look at everything that we did, we, we had phenomenal outcomes. There's, there's two pieces. One, you know, I don't think we always picked our heads up enough, right? I think we, as I'm sure everybody, you know, head got down, went into crisis mode, get stuff done mode. Here's the list. I don't think we we created enough opportunities for folks to pause for a second and pick their head up. We we wound up in the right place and in the right direction. Um, but to be honest, JD, that was a combination of of hard work and luck um, rather than uh, being able to read the tea leaves. So 
one, how do we how do we pick our heads up a little bit more, look out a little bit more, especially in the crisis? Um, and then the second piece I touched on earlier as well, you know, there, there's so much underlying fatigue. Um, and as we looked at the year that we had, you know, COVID was only one of many crises that that we faced as a country and as a as a world. Um, how to just kind of deepen those personal connections with our team members. A lot of team members struggled for different reasons this year. Um, a lot of people struggled this year. Just how do we always remember everything that we do is people-based? How do we kind of deepen those connections with people? So those are kind of the two things of deepen connections and right, giving ourselves a little bit of a pause to look out um, versus always kind of looking down and focusing on the tyranny of the urgent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Hans. This has been a great, great discussion. You can hear more from Hans at our Northeast Summit on June 29th. Excited to have you there as, as part of that. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks. Really appreciate the conversation and looking forward to the summit. Thank you for listening to this episode of CDM Media's Executive Insights. For more episodes, tune into cdmmedia.com. I'm JD Muller. Remember, keep connected.